Welcome to Take This Poem Podcast, where we explore the rich, wild things that good poems can do in the everyday lives of ordinary folks. I'm your host, Mary Guidis. Whether you're a longtime poetry lover like I am, or just barely interested, I invite you to take this poem. I hope it amends the soil of your life. Hello, poetry friends. Well, I'm hoping that poems and the reading of poetry are not like milk, where if you go a few days or, heaven forbid, a few weeks after the expiration date, you're going to encounter something that's either at best unpalatable or at worst something that'll make you ill. The poem I'm going to read today is called Miracle on St. David's Day, and it was written by a Welsh poet, a contemporary poet named Gillian Clark. I found this poem in a book I've been reading throughout the season of Lent called uh, The Word in the Wilderness, a poem a day for Lent and Easter. And this book was compiled and written by Malcolm Gate. His name is actually spelled G-U-I-T-E. He's an Anglican priest, a fine poet himself, an academic, and also the member of a rock band called Mystery Train. So he's quite the Renaissance man. Uh, I'm going to let uh, Mr. Gate, uh, in his own words, explain a little more about uh, the Welsh patron saint, St. David. And this, um, his day is, is celebrated in Wales on March 1st. That's why I'm saying it's a little late, but that's okay. And I'll also have him uh, tell a little bit about Gillian Clark. Uh, his comments on the poem are, are very insightful. And then after that, I will reread the poem. And I think I'm also going to read one other poem for you that's pertinent to this poem. So here we go. Miracle on St. David's Day by Gillian Clark. They flash upon that inward eye, which is the bliss of solitude. The Daffodils, William Wordsworth. An afternoon yellow and open-mouthed with daffodils. The sun treads the path among cedars and enormous oaks. It might be a country house, guests strolling. The rumps of gardeners between nursery shrubs. I am reading poetry to the insane. An old woman interrupting offers as many buckets of coals as I need. A beautiful chestnut-haired boy listens entirely absorbed, a schizophrenic on a good day, they tell me later. In a cage of first March sun, a woman sits not listening, not seeing, not feeling. In her neat clothes, the woman is absent. A big, mild man is tenderly led to his chair. He has never spoken. His laborer's hands on his knees, he rocks gently to the rhythms of the poems. I read to their presences, absences, to the big, dumb, laboring man as he rocks. He is suddenly standing, silently, huge and mild, but I feel afraid. Like slow movement of spring water, or the first bird of the year in the breaking darkness, the laborer's voice recites, the daffodils. 
The nurses are frozen, alert. The patients seem to listen. He is hoarse, but word perfect. Outside, the daffodils are still as wax. A thousand, ten thousand, their syllables unspoken, their creams and yellows still. Forty years ago, in a valley school, the class recited poetry by rote. Since the dumbness of misery fell, he has remembered there was a music of speech, and at once he had something to say. When he's done, before the applause, we observe the flower's silence. A thrush sings, and the daffodils are aflame. And the following are Malcolm Gates' comments. Today the church celebrates St. David's Day, which is also kept as a national day in Wales. He probably flourished in the 6th century, or possibly earlier, and while many sites and foundations have associations with him, it is difficult to know much for certain about the incidents of his life. His reputed last words, however, supposedly given in a sermon on the day before he died, have an authentic ring and have proved popular. Quote, Be joyful and keep your faith and your creed and do the little things that you have seen me do and heard about. I will walk the path that our fathers have trod before us. Unquote. For the National Saint of Wales, I have chosen a poem by the National Poet of Wales, Julian Clark. This beautiful poem, Miracle on St. David's Day, tells the true story of how she was giving a poetry reading in a mental hospital on St. David's Day. Both the ward and the gardens outside were full of daffodils, and suddenly a man who had been silent his whole time in the hospital stood up and recited Wordsworth's Daffodils poem from memory. Asked in an interview what she thought had made him recite the poem, Jillian Clark replied, quote, I think two things set the poem going on in his mind. One was the daffodils in the room and in the grass outside. The other was that I was reading poetry. The rhythm of the poems and the sight of the daffodils reminded him that he had loved poetry once, and the moment set him free from dumbness, unquote. That sense of the rhythm and music of poetry unlocking and releasing something inside us seems an essential insight and one of the reasons why it is good to fold poetry into our prayer life. What she says of this man, suddenly released into speech, might hold true for many of us. Quote, Since the dumbness of misery fell, he has remembered there was a music of speech and that once he had something to say. Unquote. The early Celtic saints, among whom David is numbered, had a reputation for a kind of nature mysticism, for responding to the beauty of the world around them and sensing, sometimes, the presence of the divine flaming through it. It seems appropriate, therefore, that this poem, with St. David in its title, should end on one of those moments of transfiguration. Quote, we observe the, the flower's silence. A thrush sings, and the daffodils are aflame. Unquote.
Well, it seemed only appropriate before I reread Gillian Clark's poem that I give a brief reading of the Wordsworth poem that's being talked about here. It's often titled Daffodils in anthologies, but its real title is called I Wandered Lonely as a Cloud. I first encountered it when I was taking English Lit in college. But for many generations in the past, this was a poem that was put to memory by school children, uh, ranging from grade school on up through high school. I remember seeing it in a collection of poems from a small school book owned by my mother's father. Uh, and he was in school, oh, back before World War I, very early parts of the 20th century. So it wasn't uncommon then for people to put poems to memory. It certainly seemed to serve this gentleman well. So here's our poem from Wordsworth. I wandered lonely as a cloud. I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high o'er vales and hills, when all at once I saw a crowd, a host of golden daffodils, beside the lake, beneath the trees, fluttering and dancing in the breeze. Continuous as the stars that shine and twinkle on the Milky Way, they stretched in never-ending line along the margin of a bay. Ten thousand saw I at a glance, tossing their heads in sprightly dance. The waves beside them danced, but they outdid the sparkling waves in glee. A poet could not but be gay in such a jocund company. I gazed and gazed, but little thought what wealth the show to me had brought. For oft, when on my couch I lie, in vacant or in pensive mood, they flash upon that inward eye, which is the bliss of solitude. And then my heart with pleasure fills and dances with the daffodils. Miracle on St. David's Day, Gillian Clark. They flash upon that inward eye, which is the bliss of solitude. The daffodils, William Wordsworth, an afternoon yellow and open-mouthed with daffodils. The sun treads the path among cedars and enormous oaks. It might be a country house, guests strolling, the rumps of gardeners between nursery shrubs. I am reading poetry to the insane. An old woman, interrupting, offers as many buckets of coals as I need. A beautiful, chestnut-haired boy listens entirely absorbed. A schizophrenic on a good day, they tell me later. In a cage of first March sun, a woman sits, not listening, not seeing, not feeling. In her neat clothes, the woman is absent. A big, mild man is tenderly led to his chair. He has never spoken. His laborer's hands on his knees, he rocks gently to the rhythms of the poems. I read to their presences, absences, to the big, dumb, laboring man as he rocks. He is suddenly standing silently, huge 
and mild, but I feel afraid. Like slow movement of spring water on the first bird or the first bird of the year in the breaking darkness, the laborer's voice recites the daffodils. The nurses are frozen, alert. The patients seem to listen. He is hoarse, but word perfect. Outside, the daffodils are still as wax. A thousand, ten thousand, their syllables unspoken, their creams and yellows still. Forty years ago, in a valley school, the class recited poetry by rote. Since the dumbness of misery fell, he has remembered there was a music of speech and that once he had something to say. When he's done, before the applause, we observe the flower's silence. A thrush sings and the daffodils are aflame. Part of my vision for Take This Poem was to have it be interactive. I imagined it as a virtual bonfire poetry reading where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. So what would that look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. You could send me a voice recording of you reading a poem to be included in a mailbag poetry reading. Commenting on the poem is welcome, but optional. Don't be shy. It's the only voice you got. What better use for it do you have than reading beautiful words out loud? Also, you could request a poem that you'd like to hear me read and ponder on the show. Or tell me what you've been thinking about these days and I could play literary matchmaker and choose a poem for you. And by the way, I am aware that I have a small but loyal following of youngsters out there and these invitations are all open to them as well. Send any of these or other ideas you have to take this poem podcast at gmail.com and join me in sharing good poems with this little community. I hope to hear from you soon.